millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Farm Talk with John O'Connor. Later in the program, a call from Mr. Kevin Comiskey, IFA National Sheep Chair, for action on establishing a special brand for Irish sheep wool. Signpost Sustainability Week is taking place from 14th to 21st of October. Mr. Gornia Hurley Chagask and Mr. Raymond Goggin, a signpost farmer, have more on this, plus the AXA National Dairy Show. But first, Dairy Gold, our sponsor, recently welcomed guests to the official opening of its new co op superstores in Rastuff, Granada, Cardi Cork. The new store is part of an 11.5 million euro investment by Dairy Gold to enhance its retail store network, creating a modern retail offering, purpose-built to serve customers' needs into the future. The investment has significantly improved the store's physical appearance, creating a state-of-the-art retail store and an agri-hub for meetings and technical farm support. The store itself has been transformed into a modern shopping environment, offering an extensive range from dairy hygiene to animal health and farm equipment. The expansion also comprises of a newly expanded feed store and yard with ample parking available to customers. Speaking at the opening on October 7th, Mr Limo Flaherty, General Manager of Dairy Gold Agribusiness, said, We have cultivated a very loyal customer base down through the years, and we work hard to ensure we can service our customers, new and existing, with the very best range of products and services to maintain that loyalty. Mr. Flaherty said, that is what our overall store investment plan was all about, creating a network of modern stores, offering the best service and widest product range. The work done by the team here in Rathduff to get the new store up and running has been exceptional, and we are grateful for their hard work and efforts. The store remained open throughout COVID-19 and its associated lockdowns as an essential retail service, with staff working hard to service the needs of their customers. The store has also welcomed new customers from the wider Mallow and Canturk areas in recent months, with the new expansion allowing it to grow its customer base even further into the future. Commenting on the occasion, Mr John O'Gorman, Chairman Dairy Gold, said, When we commenced the store investment plan, it was important that the outcome was a sophisticated network of stores fit for our members' purposes. The end result here in Rathduff, he said, had achieved just that. Mr O'Gorman said he wanted to congratulate the staff and management team 
on what they had worked so hard to achieve in Rathduff. As always, Mr O'Gorman emphasised, Dairy Gold is committed to doing what it can now and into the future to provide the infrastructure which will allow our farming members to grow their farms and improve their incomes. Co-op Superstores is the retail division of Dairy Gold Cooperative Society Limited. Co-op Superstores operates 26 stores across the Munster counties of Cork, Limerick, Tipperary and Clare, as well as an online store, www.coopsuperstores.ie, all over case. It's Munster's largest supplier of farm inputs and also offers an extensive range of building supplies, DIY, paint, fuel, electrical, household, garden, pet and equine, as well as workwear. The new Dairy Gold Co-op Superstores in Rathstuff opened on Friday, 7th of October, 2022. Next, ploughing. We are joined on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme by Mr Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Ploughing Association. Philip, welcome to the programme. One or two forthcoming events, I think. Thanks very much, John. That's right. Um, our next outing is on tomorrow, Sunday, the 16th. It's, um, it's the Bartholomew Ploughing Match, and it's being held on the lands of Mr Pat Pine, by his kind permission, at Ratcarmuck Village just up the Glenville Road from the village, but it's only metres up the Glenville Road. And the, the match is starting at 11 a.m. sharp. So uh, anybody that has ploughed before, they know the place, because we ploughed in this farm a few years back, but we ploughed on a few occasions in the same place. So Sunday the 16th, tomorrow the 16th, Pat Pines, Rat Carmuck, up the Glenville Road, 11 a.m. sharp, and... Anybody interested, would they please contact Dermot Dorgan with entries before 12 noon tomorrow. Dermot's number is 087-262-5165. That's Dermot Dorgan, 087-262-5165, before noon today, Saturday, for anybody interested in town in the... Match. So that's it, John. Hopefully the weather will be in our favour and um, I'll be back again the following week with results and so and the next uh, match, arrange the next match again. Thanks, John. That sounds fine. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Philip Cotter, PRO for the Cork East Ploughing Association. Thank you very much indeed, Philip. Thanks a million. It's being claimed that there are huge opportunities to develop a unique brand for Irish sheep wool and this work must commence immediately. That's a statement from the IFA National Sheep Committee Chairman, Mr Kevin Comiskey. He said Minister Pippa Hackett must do more to resolve the collapse in wool prices. He was speaking after a recent meeting with British Wool in Bradford in England. Mr. Kevin Kamaski joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Kevin, I understand you want to see an immediate convening of the sheep industry group and action taken to utilise the valuable commodity of Irish sheep wool. Indeed, John, and thank you for having me on. Um, yes, uh, last Monday week, uh, three of us, uh, took myself and two colleagues, visited Bradford, uh, Bradford, British Wool in Bradford. So basically what we've done, we, we visited, first of all, we visited the grading plant, a uh, huge facility for grading the, the wool there, and then a broad discussion with British Wool on the whole workings of if what to do with it and that. And 
what they have done basically there is they branded their own uh, British wool as a brand and got marketing for it. Uh, various different markets, uh, carpets, wool and the clothing, uh, linen industry, all that. Um, so we went in and we visited um, the washing plant where it's a huge setup. And in my mind, I was taken back by the, the scale of it. Um, about three to four litres of water used to wash one kilo of wool. And uh, they went through, all the, through the whole process of it. Um, you know, it's a, it's a huge, huge uh, electricity, huge energy cost or whatever to get it done, but uh, they're doing it and they're getting it ready for, for, for their use then. That's the, the big issue with wool is getting it washed and getting it ready for the multiple markets, as they say, is out there and opportunities for it. Arising from that, do you think that we in Ireland have a product which do you think that our Irish sheep wool product could be processed similarly? And indeed, we did a very detailed study of this recently. It cost €100,000 for Minister Hackett's study of the potential for wool. But arising from what looks like a success story in the UK, in Bradford there, do you think we could learn from that and indeed begin to put a value on Irish sheep wool as opposed to having a product that, when it's sold, barely covers the costs of carrying out welfare necessities of uh, shearing the poor old sheep? That's, that's true, and indeed it, it doesn't even go near cost in uh, covering the cost uh, at the price that it is at the minute. But certainly there's opportunities and, and uh, we could uh, take a, a lead from what they've done there in British wool uh, do the same for Irish wool, and that's where I'd be calling on the minister to act now. Uh, the hundred thousand report, as you said, there was going on for the last two years. We waited for it. We got some months back, and virtually there's been silence since. So uh, the minister must act on it now and get the working group that was proposed in the study, get the industry working group up and running, and take it from there and and uh, get the brand set up. And indeed, just a half hour there before before you rang me I got a call from America that uh, a lady Claire McGovern out there in America is working with Irish Wool on Irish Wool for a number of years and very interested in, in getting the product and the sale for it out there huge, she sees huge potential out there for it um, in carpets all the woolen clothes as well and, and linen and uh, there's if, if it was worked on there's huge potential I think there for it and even in matters like insulation in an environmentally friendly insulation, wall insulation, and even non-clothing uses, because at the moment it would appear it's regarded as a nuisance, maybe a waste product. That's right, and it can be taken from a waste product into into a, a very valuable product. And, you know, it's it's a product that's grown naturally and, and here in Ireland. And it's with the whole in, uh, impact on environment and everything. And sheep farming is the most environmentally friendly sector that we have in Ireland. And to use that, and the minister is always talking about green and climate and all this. And it's, it, I think there's huge opportunities there that she can do and can act on it. Um, and it's just to get it branded, get it out there, get it workable. Like there is Galway wool, there's different things can be done with that. But all the wool, and exactly you're right, uh, even in Bradford they were saying... Uh, insulation for the lower grade of the wooler market for it but the the better grades they see great potential and great value in it in carpets and different things so that's where where the minister can step up and indeed in the interim uh, the minister can indeed come along and support the the farmer at farm gate level an endless variety of uses for wool which we 
haven't really tapped into, apart from the obvious one of uh, making very high-value quality clothes, be they pullovers or various other items which the Americans would just love. Exactly, exactly. There is indeed. And this lady was very interested today and I look forward. She's after sending me an email, just came in on the phone there in the last few minutes. Um, very interested in it and I look forward to working with her. And indeed, that's going back to what I said. The working group must be set up, get all the ideas on the table and get the wool branded and get out there, get it uh, like even British Wool said they would be interested in speaking to the government and the minister and ourselves in relation to setting up collection points and helping us with that um, and getting it out there. But again, the farmer has to see a reward for it and get get the wool presented in good condition is where we have to see the, the farmer doing that. So um, that's where the whole angle has to come from and, and we're calling on the minister to support the farmer at Farm Gate level. Should the sheep industry group meet as soon as possible and iron out and learn from the information and other knowledge you took back from the UK, from Bradford? Certainly, that's the first step and it needs to be done immediately and that's where I'm calling on the minister to set up this. It's one of the recommendations that's in the report. So, as I said, she has been quiet for the last few months but action is now needed and has to be taken to get something done for this valuable product. And thank you very much indeed for your valuable time. IFA National Sheep Chair, Mr. Kevin Kowalski. Thank you, Kevin, very much indeed. And good luck with your efforts to get uh, to put an end to the scandal of Irish wool not being used when we have a great product. Thank you, Kevin, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr. Dennis Kiley, AXA National Dairy Show Director. First of all, Dennis, welcome to the programme. Now, your show, this very important show... When is your show taking place? What's the venue? And indeed, I understand it'll be open to the public for two days this year. Yes. Uh, hi, John. Thanks very much for having me on your show. Um, this year, the show will be on for two days, this is correct, on the Friday and Saturday, the 21st and 22nd of October. Um, Friday will start at 2 p.m. and, and go on until 9 p.m. And Saturday will be our usual time, starting at nine, finishing at half past five in the evening. There'll be an awful lot for people to see and um, questions which people are very preoccupied with regarding the big emissions discussion, the 25% targets, very ambitious. But I understand at around half past two on Friday, the very first afternoon of the show, there'll be a big debate and uh, important national farm leaders will be amongst those taking part. That's right, John. We'll have seminars um, running both days. And uh, that will be the first seminar starting uh, on on Friday afternoon. Um, and we hope that um, uh, that there should be good debate there um, with, with the people that are lined up for us. IFA president and ICMCA president, they'll be amongst the people contributing because this is a very important question. Now, looking just briefly at the first day, we have something there very important again, the development of the dairy beef concept the economic sustainability of uh, dairy beef at one time, something people hadn't really gone into too much. Again, it's part of our seminars, um, and and uh, there will be um, bloody discussion, hopefully, on, on that beef uh, subject and the different AI companies, um, and that they're showing off their wares on the day, and that they will go through what they believe is, is, the, is the best way forward on the beef. Organic dairy farming, that's something that's coming to the fore now. But like all things, 
there is the question, is it a realistic option? We, we love the concept, most people do anyway, of organic uh, production of things. But that's another topic. Again, very important, relevant topics. We'll be getting an airing and a discussion and debate. On um, Saturday, there will be, uh, there will be um, debating that as to whether, whether it's an option or not, or whether the finances stack up on it and they will have some people that are that are uh, participating in in the organic uh, line of farming and um, they'll be going through the figures and to see as to whether it's a viable option or not increasingly now we have been told about the very important uh, qualities which clover has able to retain nitrogen in the soil. But again, there are other aspects of things which will be discussed. I mean, to avoid your cows ever getting clover bloat. With all of these things, again, this is a great venue for the two days for people to discuss everything and, in fact, to be aware of uh, certain aspects of the enterprise which they hadn't even thought about. But by going along to the two-day show or even one day or going along for half a day, they'll be aware of an entirely new aspect to their own traditional enterprise. Over the course of the two days, there'll be 150 cattle um, be shown in the ring between uh, Holsteins and Jerseys, and at present there's, there's over 160 trade stands um, covering all aspects, I suppose, of the dairy industry. Um, and uh, those seminars that you speak about will be running both days, and... Uh, they will be covering everything from breeding to, like you say, the um, organic farming and all that. So there's, um, there's a wide variety of, of topics to be discussed. And you referred there 150 dairy trade stands and exhibitions. Of course, that will cover latest dairy technology and innovation. There'll be machinery demonstrations. In fact, without boring people with long lists, this is something which you have to go along and see. All we're doing is giving a very superficial taster. But, you know, you could say the new AXA-sponsored National Dairy Show it's the meeting place for the dairy industry. And again, to please remind our listeners, particularly people in the adjacent area, of the venue for this big two-day national dairy show. We have teamed up this year with, with AXA um, as our, our title sponsor, and we're delighted to work with them, with um, Tom McCarthy there, who's the local representative, and with Christy Doherty, who's the national, the national uh, person there on, 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 on AXA um, farm, farm insurance. Um, there is a wide range of, of trade stands. Everything uh, is, is covered, really. And, um, and uh, the demonstrations on, on outside, which will be fertilizers, spreaders mainly this year, and GPS units that go with them. And, uh, but there will also be dike feeder demonstrations and tractor and other demonstrations and everything. So, no, there is something for everyone, really. Uh, over the two days. Gender balance, as is where, very important. I understand the women in particular, women, they're always there, of course, but women will be to the fore on Saturday, I understand, uh, also other aspects of uh, farming. But you might say Saturday is the day when the women will be coming to the fore and getting particular recognition and uh, be aware of their presence. That's right. There's a, there is a, I mean, part of the seminars, there for Saturday there is a, a section on women in farming and uh, no that will be recognised and um, definitely uh, we usually have plenty, plenty females anywhere in the street every year and uh, it's a real family day out and there's, there's lots there as well for the children on the day 
with um, with the, the Animal Roadshow and uh, face painting and all that kind of stuff. So there's uh, there's something there for everyone, and uh, it would be great to see, see a big crowd in Mill Street for over the two days. And that's, of course, when we say, when we say Mill Street, we're referring to the internationally famous Green Glens Arena Mill Street in County Cork for the two days of the show. And, again, keeping the younger members of the family happy and entertained and busy, as you've hinted earlier there, Dennis, bouncing castles and many other family attractions. Family, family day out, so there's something for every, every age there. Well, this year we ran it for the two days because we found that um, the Saturday wasn't trying to clash with things with football matches and weddings and different things and uh, people didn't get an opportunity to come along when it was only the one day. So this year, hopefully, adding the second day to it um, will we'll make it easier for people to get there. And um, that's, all, that's, that's, that's what we're doing this year anyway. Risks of uh, mental pressures on farmers... Uh, so much is unknown about their future, etc. But there will be plenty of opportunities for healthy talk and chat and debates and discussions and farmer advice clinics at this two-day event because people will tell you half the battle in coping with the stresses is to talk to other people. Yes, the problem share, the problem have. So um, there will be plenty of people on, on, you know, on every trade stand who, who are... Uh, used to, to, to dealing with farmers and to answering their queries and uh, they have different ideas and, and, and uh, a lot of people can come up with, with good solutions to problems that people have on their farms uh, and, and it's a great place to, to see new products, uh, especially with the Innovation Awards. Any new product really that's involved in dairying that has been launched this year will be showcased in, in, in the Greenland and uh, they will be judged and, and in different sections and that will take place as well in the seminar, in, in conjunction with the seminars. And every now and again, there'll be a presentation given for, and, and all these people will be showcased. And the presentations will be made on the Friday evening as to the better innovations for the year. Again, that's between 8.40 and 9 on Friday, 21st of October. And just to confirm, if anyone's just tuned in, the AXA-sponsored, the newly AXA-sponsored National Dairy Show Two days, Friday, 21st of October, from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. And the very early start, Saturday, 22nd of October, 9.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. And 150 dairy trade exhibition stands. And indeed, uh, Green Glens Arena Mill Street venue for two days of action-packed dairy showcase. And just in case some listeners might like to check out social media, you can look up... um, www.nationaldairyshow all one word lowercase dot com and that will open up a, a massive amount of information regarding a show but of course um, definitely something people should make it their business uh, to, to attend Ah yes, no, it will be great now and it's great to be back after the, after the two year gap and uh, even though we had virtual shows for the two years uh, there's nothing like meeting the people after and uh, you know it's, it's great that, uh, that we have this venue in Mill Street and that we're able to come back to it again it's been there with the last this is the 40th anniversary since this, this founding of the show and it is great that it has been here every year that we've had a show it's been in the Greenlands and it's great to be back again this year That's fabulous Thank you very much indeed for your valuable time Mr Dennis Kiley 
AXA, National Dairy Show Director. Thank you, Dennis, and we trust it will be a great success this year on both of the days. Thank you, Dennis, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Ms. Gronia Hurley, B&T Dairy Advisor, Chagask Advisory Services, Codrum McCroom in the west of the county. First of all, Gronia, welcome to the programme. Signpost Sustainability Week is taking place from 14th to 21st of October inclusive. Can you please explain a little on the Signpost programme for those not familiar with it? And indeed, later on, we'll be talking to a farmer involved, Mr Raymond Goggin. But first of all, Gronje, the background to the Sustainability Week taking place 14th to 21st of October. OK, thanks, John. Um, So the Signpost Sustainability Week is taking place from the 14th to the 21st of October. And this will consist of a series of uh, public and in-person and virtual events between farm walks, webinars, podcasts, even a photo competition. You can get more details about what's going on in your local area if if you look at the Tagus website and look under the signpost um, part of that. I suppose, John, just for a moment, I meant to explain for anyone who's not familiar about sign. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Program. Um, it, it, it's a Tagus-led campaign involving over 60 uh, companies or, or partners all to show how farmers can lead climate action by uh, reducing their emissions on farm, but also improving wash quality, uh, improving farm uh, biodiversity, but also reducing costs and, and creating uh, a more uh, profitable and sustainable fa- farming enterprise. As part of this programme as well, 
we are working on these farmers. We are working on uh, looking at how c- carbon is sequestrated on these farms. So there's a lot of research going on these farms as well to test what carbon is being sequestrated through our natural grasslands and our hedgerows and our tree lines. So in total, we have 120 signpost farmers across the whole country. Um, we have 10 farmers uh, who are actually in the Dairy Gold and Tagestrian programme. So Dairy Gold being one of the partners in the signpost programme. So we've, we've 10 farmers in the Dairy Gold catchment area. They're ranging from Cork West and all the way up to um, Tipperary. And all these farmers are uh, showcased on their farms how they're reducing emissions by taking on new technologies. And w- one farmer um, that I'm working very closely with is Raymond Goggin, who's farmed beside Bendon. He's a dairy farmer, and again, he's showcasing how he's reducing emissions by, by using the technologies on farm. These tools that farmers are taking on to reduce emissions on the farm must be viable in terms of economic development to these farms. A lot of tools that you'll hear uh, Raymond using are tools that you would have heard us as Tags Advisor and also as, as other partners and companies like Dairy Gold Advisors would have spoken in the past that would make uh, their farms more profitable. So, for example, one example, we would uh, encourage farmers always, always to use good genetics, good EBI genetics in their herd, and this will improve the, the output of their herds, the profitability. But we also know that actually using such a tool as, as EBI in your herd reduces emissions on your farm. Um, for example, another tool that would use is improving soil fertility. So again, that message has been around for a long time, John, improving our soil, phosphorus, our soil, potassium, getting our line status correct. You know, because if we can get our soil fertility up, we'll, we'll grow more grass in our farm. If we can grow more grass, then we can uh, feed uh, a feed to our animals that's, that's at a low cost, but it's at much higher uh, uh, feeding value to our animals. And again, if we can get more grass into cows, that reduces emissions on, on our farm as well because we're not buying in these feeds that are more high, that, that use more emissions to produce. So all in all, John, um, the Signpost programme has actually developed, for example, in a dairy scenario, which Raymond will talk about, the Signpost programme has developed a 12-step programme or 12-step tools that farmers can use on their farms to reduce emissions. And the tools I spoke about there using looking at soil fertility, um, using EBI, uh, improving their heritage by vaccinating program. And if farmers can adopt these on, on a 100-cow farm, by updating these 12 steps, can actually improve their profitability by €6,000. So all these steps are viable in terms of economics. All these steps, there's a lot of them are, are not new. There's some new technologies that Raymond will talk about in terms of protected urea that's around with a number of years. But a lot of these tools are very adaptable on farm but will also leave extra profit in the farmer's pocket. Thank you, Gronia. Miss Gronia Hurley, B&T Dairy Advisor, Chagask Advisory Services, Codra McCroom in the rest of the county. Thank you, Gronia, very much indeed. And coming up now, we have Mr Raymond Goggin, and Raymond will tell us all about his own farm and what sustainability means to him as a dairy farmer. Thank you, John. Thank you. We are joined by Mr Raymond Goggin. Raymond, welcome to the programme. Now, could you tell us something about your farm for a start? I'm farming about five miles north of Bandon. Um, I run a spring calving dairy grass-based system, milking about 125 cows with uh, some owned and some leased ground. What does sustainability actually mean to you 
as a dairy farmer with the kind of enterprise you've just described for our listeners? First of all, uh, you have to be financially viable to survive. Uh, Like any other business, if you're not financially sound, you just won't survive and you won't have money to reinvest back into your business. Um, We'll say environmentally, we... I feel that we have a duty to protect the environment that that we live in farming and pass it on to the next generation in a, as good a state as possible. And I suppose socially, like we we have to make it a pleasant place to work. I suppose I've always tried to invest in machinery and things to do as much as the hard work and technologies to take a lot of the drudgery out of it and make it a pleasant place to work. Now, in terms of you contributing to the concept of sustainability, what are you actually doing on your farm to make uh, your activities more sustainable? So what are you actually doing to be more sustainable on your farm? I thought protected urea is is a big thing on on sustainability i'm using it now with with a little over three years i would say and i find this i find it a great product it it works perfect and is an awful lot better for the environment i suppose i've invested in a dribble bar for my slurry tank which places the slurry on the ground between the grass without um so there's less there's less waste of nutrients and we're getting the best possible use out of it. Breeding, breeding has always been a big focus of mine. I will say I have an EBI of 190, of an average EBI on my cow. So I focus quite a lot in breeding, having a good cow that will deliver quite a lot of milk solids and be healthy. Um, last year I delivered 530 kgs of milk solids per cow. So Breeding, I suppose, is, is, is a huge part, having the right animal, so that's an ongoing thing that we focus on. Clover is another is another part of it. So last year, I suppose, I, I, re, I started more on clover, so I'm quite new to it. Um, so, look, we're going to be restricted, I suppose, on the amount of chemical nitrogen we can use. So we to grow the grass, clover fixes nitrogen from the air, so we got to try and get better at that and establishing it. The 25% reduction in emissions. In your own opinion, Raymond, can farmers actually meet this 25% reduction? I suppose the technologies that are there at the moment, like some of the ones that I've mentioned are already there, like protected urea, the low, in, low emission slurry spreading, breeding better cows, the clover. I think if, if most farmers implement those technologies and they're win-win technologies for both the farmer and the environment, I think they will take us to somewhere around 17 or 18% reduction on, on emissions. And look, there are a lot of new technologies being investigated by Chagas and things like that there that will come online, that will hopefully take us the rest of the road. That it's, um, But I suppose we have to start someplace and then implementing the technologies that are out there and proven at the moment is a huge first step. And we'll see what other technologies come along the line. Like we'll say protected jury is a technology that's only out with maybe five years or so. And that has a, a, a huge benefit to the environment. So... 
maybe there'll be other similar ones come along in the next few years. And Raymond, could you tell our listeners again where your farm is located and the type of enterprise you're involved in, Mr Raymond Goggin? I'm farming about five miles north of Bandon. I'm in a spring calving, grass-based dairy system, making about 125 cows. Thank you, Mr. Raymond Goggin, signposter farmer, and our thanks also to Gronia Hurdy, B&T Dairy Advisor, Chagask Advisory Services, Kodra McCroom, County Cork, for arranging the interview with Mr. Raymond Goggin. Thank you, Gronia and Raymond. Dr. Siobhan Walsh, Farm Sustainability Specialist with the Irish Farmers Journal, reviews reports that there could be problems securing fertiliser supplies this winter. Dr. Walsh, Siobhan, welcome to the programme. You've written in the journal about this uh, concern regarding future fertiliser supplies for winter and spring. Hi, John. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Look, I suppose farmers um, uh, have nearly become used to now hearing that there's concern around fertiliser supplies. So over the last two years, we've seen fertiliser prices rise hugely. And last year, there was a bit of concern about fertiliser coming into the country. And... The, the rise in cost, I suppose, goes back um, a good while. So if we look, you know, a few weeks ago, can, let's say, would have been about eight sixty nine hundred. Um, think of a tillage farmer buying fertiliser at this time of the year. They would have paid about €400 for can the year before that and about €200 the year before that. So that gives you an idea of how prices have risen. Um, And those prices started to rise. I suppose the COVID pandemic was one player in the the market. So there was staff that, that, you know, those plants closing and, and, and reducing production because they didn't have staff. The price of natural gas was rising. And then the war in Ukraine this year um, is also feeding into that uh, fertilizer supply and sanctions and those kind of things as well. Um, So ultimately now at the minute, um, we're looking at, high fertilizer prices for farmers so you know to to take just one bigger i suppose a thousand euro a ton is a fair enough price to put on an average across nitrogen and compounds and um just to just to put a figure on a thousand euro per ton um so farmers are looking at really high prices and at the minute they're not ordering fertilizer for the year ahead and because farmers aren't ordering fertilizer for the year ahead fertilizer importers um, aren't importing the fertilizer um so that's really where the concern around supply is coming from um and i suppose the industry and there was a meeting on on wednesday of this week so the, the paper had gone to print when when the meeting was actually on and at that meeting so a, a number of people from the fertilizer industry the department of agriculture chagas merchants and co-ops came together at that meeting to talk about the fertilizer supply and what came from that meeting is that those people are trying to encourage farmers to buy 20 to 30 percent of their fertilizer needs for next year now um you know to go to their merchant to their co-op and say look i want to order this amount of fertilizer now and that will hopefully get the market going and get importers ordering fertilizer buying fertilizer and bringing it into the country um so we use about 1.7 1.7 million tons of fertilizer every year. We're a tiny player in the in the global market. Um, I think it's something like 0.05% of the of the entire global market is what we use. But in in 2022, we had over 800,000 tons of fertilizer in the country before the end of March. In the year previous, we had about 935,000 tons in the country by the end of March. So I'm not sure how much fertilizer in the country. Is how much fertilizer is in the country at the minute, but 
there's the fertilizer industry are telling us that there's a deficit there at the minute and basically that we need to start ordering fertilizer in order for it to be there in the springtime when we need it for for silage and crops and grazing ground. And the Irish Fertiliser Manufacturers and Blenders Association, they commissioned a report and they said the European Union and the Irish government should provide incentives for farmers to purchase and take deliveries of fertiliser up to six months earlier than normal. But of course, we have to bear in mind, unless fertiliser is stored very carefully, it could lose some of its potency over a period of six months. But of course, the security of having some fertiliser in your yard, that is a very, very powerful incentive to buy in advance. Um, I think from a, from a risk management point of view on your farm, it's sensible to buy a little bit. Look, even if you only buy a pallet, if you buy two tonne or four tonne of fertiliser, you have a little bit in the yard. Um, so if there is a concern about getting fertiliser, if the, the merchant is slow to have it next spring, you have a bit there to get you going. Um, I think it's it's good risk management if farmers do buy a little bit at the minute. And from a price point of view as well, you know, we don't know where the prices are going to go on fertiliser. Are they going to go up or are they going to go down? They're probably not going to go down hugely. So maybe it makes a little bit of sense to, to spread your risk when you're buying the product um, as well. And, you know, we, like I suppose... Uh, a lot of farmers would buy fertilizer at this time of the year anyway, John. You know, the majority will buy it in the spring when they need it. But a lot of tillage farmers, a lot of dairy farmers, um, and tillage farmers in particular, you know, the green checks are coming in now and they might buy a little, fertili- little bit of fertilizer now to have it. But I suppose that comes from a tradition of fertilizer prices being low, lower at this time of the year, which they're not now. Um, so the people who maybe would have bought fertilizer at this time of year in the past maybe aren't doing it now and that's slowing down the the purchases of the of fertilizer coming into the country at the minute um i suppose something you know the government has given support to farmers um on the the fodder um scheme so you know last year they gave farmers money um to, to produce silage and and that scheme is there for next year as well so while it's it's not loads of money it is a little bit of money on the table that farmers know that they will have and and maybe that's that's something that they could budget um, for to buy a little bit of fertiliser now if they can but look it's not easy to buy fertiliser at the minute you know um, but maybe there will be opportunities when when grain checks come in when, when BPS money comes in as well It would be a good idea where possible to consider investing, as people used to do when it was cheaper, invest in uh, a pallet or two of fertiliser to to have some little bit of stability. Yeah, absolutely, John. Look, it's not easy to do in all cases. It's not easy to do in any case now because it's so dear. But certainly if you can buy a little bit, um, it, it'll help and it'll spread the risk over the year as well. And look, maybe it, it may be in come March, April, it could have been a good decision to make if prices have risen. And if prices have fallen, at least you know that you have some in the yard um, and that, that you can get a start on work and grass growth and crop growth or whatever it may be be cautious of pro- products you're buying you know think of things like protected urea have a shelf life so so just you know i suppose just ask your merchant before you purchase products and and make sure you're not taking products into the yard that maybe will have, have lost some of their efficacy 
um, before they before they're going to be used. And you know, store try and store that fertilizer properly. If you are buying a bit, try and have it in a shed if you can at all. So you know, moisture doesn't get near it, um, and so it's not lumpy. And but look, John, you mentioned it earlier on. Look, use the resources that are on your farm. Um, we're in October now, and October is an ideal time to soil sample on your farm. And, you know, soil sampling is a really good investment to make. Get out there and soil sample and you might find that you need fer- less fertilizer um, than, than you've been using, you know, depending on, on how your results come back. So that's that's one thing farmers can do at the minute to try and um, to try and alleviate some of those costs. They might need some lime spread on the farm. I mean, lime is such a cheap investment to make. Get out, October is a great time to spread lime. And look, it's the, the slurry. The slurry deadline has closed now, so we can't spread slurry until till January. But that that resource is is there, and I suppose when when we can spread slurry again, you know, target it to where it'll be used best. And we have to start planning and thinking about those kind of things now. And I'd start with the soil sampler. Make sure that what you buy will still be fully effective, have all the power and all the properties that fertilizer should have when you spread it in spring and not buy something that by the time you come to use it it will have lost uh, some of its power. Dr. Siobhan Ward Farm Sustainability Specialist with Gerald, thank you for your valuable time and all that valuable information. Thank you Siobhan very much indeed. The Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine has confirmed that the deadline for all farmers including nitrates derogation 2022 applicants to declare movements of organic manure off their holdings this year is 31st of December 2022. All movements, the department says, must be declared and verified online by this date. The department has also announced that cattle-only nitrogen and phosphorus statements, NNP statements, for the period 1st of January to 31st of August 2022, cattle-only, as emphasised, are now available on the department's online system, and that is, all lowercase, www.agfood.ie agfood one word these statements are particularly useful to allow these statements are particularly useful to allow farmers plan for the remainder of the year to ensure compliance with the limits set in the nitrates regulations thus avoiding penalties for breaching the limits of 170 kg of organic nitrogen per hectare or the limit of 250 kgs of organic nitrogen per hectare for those who hold an approved nitrate derogation. Effective from 11th of March 2022, the maximum stocking rate permitted for commonage was 50 kgs organic nitrogen per hectare, with no, it's emphasised, no chemical nitrogen permitted. Measures all farmers can take to avoid exceeding the nitrates limits of 170 kgs per hectare or 150 kgs per hectare for derogation holders would include renting additional land, reducing livestock numbers, exporting enough slurry or farmyard manure and declaring the movement online. Further information on nitrates and a demonstration video on how to use the online slurry movement system is available on the following lowercase gov.ie hyphen rural environment and sustainability hyphen nitrates in brackets www.gov.ie rural environment and sustainability nitrates all capitals there. 
Speaking from the Food Vision 2030 event held in Dublin Castle on Thursday, October 13th, the president of the ICMSA, Mr Pat McCormack, said the event, he claimed, perfectly illustrated what he called the government's fundamental misapprehension of the role and structure of Ireland's farming and agri-food sector. Mr McCormack said, noting the so-called vision set out in the government's press releases for the event, stressed the ambition to, quote, become a world leader in sustainable food systems, FSS, over the next decade. Mr McCormack said Ireland was already a world leader in sustainable food and had been so for at least a decade. And that's Farm Talk for now. Thanks to Barry O'Mahony, News Editor, 96.3 FM, and Mairead Tuig, News Reporter, 96.3 FM, for contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. And a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.